All right, what's up and welcome to Party Invite, where we invite you to a gaming community of inclusiveness and diversity. Your party members today are Thomas Egan. Hey, that's me. And myself, Carlos Gomez. Hello, myself. We were, <laughs> yeah, uh, we were rudely thrown to the side by, by our fellow party members, Chris and Debbie, wow. with Royals games and work taking some sort of priority. Rude. The chumps, <laughs> you know. But it's okay. We uh, we figured we'd have some things to say tonight, regardless. So uh, let's let's go ahead and get it started on uh, what we've been playing. What have you been getting into, Thomas? Oh man, uh, this this past brunch special, I played Wilmot's Warehouse. So when I went in to the weekend, my plan was, you know, my idea of the brunch special is, you know, you chill game, you pull up with some brunch coffee, uh, low stress kind of zen games are what I'm going for, even though sometimes I pick games that just beat the heck out of me. Um, Wilmot's Warehouse was perfect for that because it's a very zen game, but most of the games that I try to pick for this, I try to beat them either in one weekend or two, right? I think Undertale took me three weekends, but I saw Wilmot's Warehouse and it was it was like 11 hours to beat it, right? So that's just over how long I wanted to put into one weekend, right? So I thought I'll play it on Saturday, I'll play it on Sunday, and then I'll beat it probably off stream. Well, boy, I really love, love the loop of that game. Once it got its teeth in me, the whole point of the game is you are Wilmot and you manage a warehouse. And something that's really nice is uh, I managed a warehouse for most of the past like three years. So the idea of putting everything in its right place, man, it hits the spot. So uh, all you do is you take these symbols. Um, you take these symbols that arrive at your warehouse that could be anything. And the symbols that you get and the symbols that I get are going to be different. There are up to 200 random symbols that you can interpret interpret however you know however you want that show up, uh, but that pulls from a bigger pool of just a zillion symbols. I don't know how many there are total, but there are way more than 200. But you manage this warehouse. You move these blocks around however you want. There are no rules except the ones you set for yourself. And then uh, you have time to take whatever came off the truck, sort it, and then you go to the service desk. And at the service desk, these people say, hey, I want that thing that looks like roller skates. And I want two of them. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And so you go and get them the thing that looks like roller skates. And then uh, they want like five other symbols as well. And so you go find those symbols and you bring them back. And the faster you bring them back, the more currency you get to get upgrades. So really, everything you're doing is so that you can return, you can use that service desk quickly. So anyway, um, that's the whole entire game. There, There's a little bit more to it. I mean, you get some upgrades here and there and all that, but that's the whole game. Uh, it was so zen. It was so therapeutic. I didn't want to stop. Uh, normally, I, I stream for brunch for about two to three hours. I streamed for five hours, both days. <laughs> and then I went into Discord off Twitch and I streamed it in our in our party invite Discord, 
and then I played it for a few more hours until I beat it in there. Like, my whole weekend was consumed with Wilmot's Warehouse because I loved the loop of that game that much. Um, it sounded like you played it and enjoyed it yourself. Yeah, it's it's really good. And it's one of those that, um, yeah, it's chill, but you look at it and you don't think that it's going to play very well. Like, you played it on PC. I played it on Xbox. Uh, so with a controller, it's just as easy. Like, I, I watching the stream, I was like, okay, this is going to be so much easier playing it on PC, but I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And once I booted it up on, on my Xbox, man... 15 minutes of it and you're good the controls don't feel weird like you get it it's it's so beautiful in its simplicity and it does have just the like naturally pleasing game loop that Mm -hmm. just like all right fine i could play this for way more than 10 hours yeah and it's got this soundtrack that is this like really it's like computer synth I don't know. It's a type of music that I have playlists of on Spotify that I use when I'm in the actual warehouse that I work in. It's very easy. It's it's my focus music. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I found myself even after I had beaten the game, I just left the menu up so I could mess around on my computer while I listened to that music. Uh, they, they really seem to know what they were going for in this game. Uh, it's got a cute sense of humor here and there. Uh, as you level up, you unlock posters that do absolutely nothing, but they're like motivational posters that go on the wall. And it's stuff like, you know, uh, keep your forklift low to the ground. You know, uh, <laughs> if there's a spill on the ground, don't clean it up yourself. Like call the safety department, you know, just funny things that you would actually see in a real warehouse that it was funny that they mocked up to to put in this game. But I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Wilmot's Warehouse is on Game Pass. It's Well, it's on a bunch of stuff, but it's on Game Pass right now, which is how I played it on PC. I really recommend it. it it's a really good Saturday, Sunday morning game. Yeah, and even if you took it in smaller bite-sized chunks, like it's very doable, but it's there's not a guarantee that you can stop <laughs> like in, in a two-hour, three-hour mark. It, I, I played it for five hours, I think it was, last night. Once I got to about 180 products like 180 unique symbols that you're sorting uh stuff started to get off the rails it got what like once i hit 180 i had stuff where i was just like i don't i don't have room for this and i don't think i have it in me to resort this entire area that's a disaster to accommodate this one symbol so i had like a trash corner where i was just like all right here's the stuff that i have i can't handle i hope i make it to the end (laughs) and just little one block pieces of everything and they don't match anything they totally belong in a different area but that area doesn't have space because i didn't manage it very well you know (laughs) that's funny it's solid yeah, I'm. I do have a little anxiety for where it's going, but I think I'm at a hundred and forty something pieces mm-hmm. out of the two hundred. So, I just gotta get there. What are your, uh, you know, what are your spots? Mine was like I had a war, <laughs> I had a war spot, I had a food spot, I had yeah. power and energy, I had uh, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, like that. Actually, watching the stream helped me figure out what I would do. Uh, a little bit but uh, I do have completely different stuff than, than what you had mm-hmm. I have almost almost all of the war and death stuff that you had I don't have really uh, and that's 
two-thirds of the way, almost three-quarters of the way through the game. Uh, I have a lot of fruit, and I have a lot of purple and gold, just, uh, what was it? you called it abstract? Uh-huh. Like, just a lot of purple and gold things, just random-ass shapes, but they happen to be in purple and gold. It's like, all right, fine, all I, right. Guess, I guess that's the section. <laughs> I guess this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and oh and sewing for some reason a lot of sewing stuff i think about a third or a quarter of my uh my warehouse is sewing stuff so like uh neat uh there's a little spools of thread there's like three or four spools of thread uh types and then like buttons and a sewing machine like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous how many things that they they came up with for uh, all these icons and stuff right i i could honestly see myself replaying this game i don't replay a lot of games but the loop of that game is so solid that i'm sure if if i replayed it again right now i mean i'd have i i bet that the overlap between my first playthrough and second playthrough like symbols wise wouldn't be that big so yeah i could easily see myself replaying this like now i have a better idea of how to organize boxes in a big open area and not just against the wall where it was easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like that. I'll, I'll probably end up coming back to that maybe later this year. But highly recommend. Uh, easily, no kidding, one of the one of my favorite games I've played this year. I bet it will be throughout the year. I liked it that much. Yeah, and for any of you out there that are uh, are puzzle gamers, like it's far more than a puzzle game. Like it's it's simple. It's overall. Uh, a quick and easy idea of a game uh, but it, it will test your metal for sure uh, in in all the ways that it that if you're a puzzle gamer already you're just going to be completely uh, stoked by it mm-hmm. uh, if you're not a puzzle gamer honestly I do feel like you probably would still have some sort of OCD trigger that might make you want to play this game yeah uh, if, you, if you're if you're just a type a person or you're you're dating a type a person just Give him the controller, you know? <laughs> if you got an Xbox, just hand him the controller. Just do it. That's right. Uh, as far as uh, stuff I've been playing uh, besides Wilmot's last night, I also took a stupid amount of time last night to add on uh, Rain on Your Parade, which we we had that quick demo of uh, a while back. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. it's It's so much fun. It's another one that's just very simple, except it's... It's a uh, very indie, very tongue-in-cheek jokes throughout the entire experience. Uh, it very much feels like Untitled Goose Game, except you're a cloud and you're raining on people. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, <laughs> so you also, yeah. yeah, same thing. You also upgrade uh, to Thunder. You upgrade to Snow, which was not in the demo, and the snow is hilarious because. Uh, you you cover people in snow and they turn into snowballs and they slide across the entire map. It's <laughs> it's great. That's good. Um, so you're generally causing havoc as a cloud uh, in a multitude of ways. And not only was um, not only is it just a funny game in general, like the whole premise of the game is you're a cloud. Well, sorry, to to roll back, you're <laughs> um, the story is a grandpa is telling his his grandson a bedtime story and for some reason it's about a cloud and uh it's because the kid for some reason brings up the fact that a a a cloud is a very boring character Mm -hmm. and grandpa's of course like 
Nah, no. nah. I, I met this mischievous cloud that did all this shit. And it's, it's a. Uh... You think you know clouds? I'll show you clouds. <laughs> exactly. It's it's such a it's a low key story, but it is very funny and very meta. Um, not only was there the the map that you said was like Counter Strike, but there is a Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid level. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a zombie level. There is a horror game level. Um, where you you shoot your lightning, uh, or sorry, you you make your thunder, which makes lightning. Uh, you make your thunder, and it 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 uh, turns off these these people are walking around with flashlights, so it, it turns off their flashlights and it spooks them a little bit. And then you come up after that when they can't see you to to do the thunder again and spook them one more time. <laughs> and you do that for like ten people, and it's it's funny. That's good. Um, but yeah, it's it also has a an office reference. And it, it's not just like you're in an office and it looks like the office. It's they made a cutscene that is specifically an <laughs> a, the office cutscene. Yeah. Like it, it it makes this little this uh, quick little introduction. It's like uh, day one or something like that. Do this day two, and one of the things that you have to do, one of the parts of the mission is uh, cause cause one of the office members to trip and spill the chili. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that is that is the kevin moment like mm-hmm. it it's it's not even trying to be sneaky about it it's just so funny um it's a and i, I played through half of it in probably three to four hours last night um and it's uh it's not very long game but it is very enjoyable it's 1350 on switch right now normally 15 bucks it just came out um it's on Steam, it's on Switch, and it's on Game Pass as well. Like, really, if what are you doing if you are not on Game Pass right now? Yeah, Game Pass is where it's at. So yeah, I, it, I'm only, I've been playing, I think, exclusively Game Pass titles for the brunch special for a whole month. And I've got at least a couple more. I've got, like, Carry On uh, I want to play and, and a couple others. I don't have my list in front of me. But those are only like the brunch special ones. I mean, there are a bunch of other games that I would definitely play in my own time, like long form story games. Um, I mean, I guess eventually I'll run out, but I had a friend of mine who, <laughs> who was it I was talking to? I guess it doesn't matter unless they catch me uh, not crediting them. But, uh... <laughs> oh no, it was Lang, uh, our, one of our moderators. Uh, yeah. I, I went and actually, I actually got the vaccine with him the other day. Uh, he was describing that Game Pass now is like Netflix 10 years ago. Like if you want in on it, you should get in on it now because by like if you wait, the price is going to go up and yeah, like there's going to be a lot more to it, like the quality is going to increase, but it's going to be twice the price. You know, I mean it went from 10 to $15, I think. Um and it's only going to go up. I mean, sure there's going to be more offered, but look at everything that Microsoft has added to their portfolio. He's Exactly right. I mean, I think he's on the money with that. They give it five years even, and mm-hmm. Game Pass is going to be a whole different beast. So yeah. yeah, I mean, now's a great time to get on. There's there's a ton of great stuff to play for what I well what I consider to be cheap if you play a lot of games. If you mm-hmm. don't play very many games, then it's up to you. I mean, it's like a Netflix subscription. If you only watch Netflix twice a month, maybe maybe not. Um, but boy. We're going to keep preaching it. Game Pass is the way. <laughs> it's really For good real. if you got a computer or an Xbox. 
and especially if you love indie games like it's got big triple a titles on there do not miss on that but uh the indie games that are on there number one the the developers that join in join on to game pass they can tell you all kinds about how much they actually love that um it's very I mean, surprising shoot, what are the odds that i ever would have played unto the end and then streamed yeah. and talked to the creator in chat if it wasn't on game pass the odds of exactly. that are so slim you know so like if i was that creator i love that i would reach so many new audience members you know especially if that's my first game i mean imagine all the feedback you can get and then take all of that and move into your second game i don't know it's just, it, it's it's similar but different to like a Spotify situation. Yeah, you get a lot of exposure, but it seems like with Game Pass as a creator, you actually get the payback that you deserve. Like the the benefits of it far outweigh the cons. Like you actually see money from it. We're on Spotify, you don't really. You might get exposure. You might get a million plays and make five dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Game Pass seems like a pretty good deal all around, and and. Uh, you know, it's got it's got good triple A's like you said, it's got good indies. It's just got a lot. It's just got a lot across the spectrum. Co op games, single player games, artsy games. So our uh party topic today. We we have some stuff to talk about, but there was this one particular presentation, the indie world presentation on the fourteenth. Uh that was uh Wednesday. Wow. Wow, yeah, that was yesterday. That was Wednesday. Um, so yeah, the Indie World from Nintendo. Uh, this new presentation, uh, I think it's the second Indie World of the year so far. Whew, finally, uh, I was hoping out. we could talk about some indie games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's there's only a few games that we're very interested in. But uh, uh, if you want to throw one at me real quick, and we maybe go back and forth or something. Cool. Uh, let's start with I think the most straightforward one. So Oxen Free Two was announced so oxen free is made by night studio who made obviously oxen free one but they also <laughs> made uh after party which is the story of these this this guy and girl these best friends who die somehow and end up in hell and the only way that they can escape hell is by beating satan in a drink <laughs> excuse me is by beating <laughs> satan in a drinking game uh, so it's it's a very cheeky, cleverly written game. I we we're talking off off mic that I wanted to really like that game, uh, but I didn't. But I really did like the first Oxen Free game. On the first Oxen Free game, you are on an island with your friends. You're in high school. Uh, you go off onto this island and you choose dialogue options and explore the area, and there is some mysterious signal on the island, like an alien sort of signal where if you've got your radio and you tune to it, you can hear weird things that make weird things start happening. Um, I never beat that game. I probably got two-thirds of the way through it, and I set it down for a little bit, and I didn't finish it because when I wanted to come back to play it, I'd forgotten everything I had done. So <laughs> uh, I would like to go back and finish that, which means I will probably need to restart it. But I really like the game. The soundtrack is good. Uh, the character dialogue is really clever. The voice acting is good. Um, overall, it's a pretty solid game. And so the second game presumably takes place right after the events of the first one. It looks like uh, I, I saw at least one character who is from the first game that is still on the island. 
And like I said, I didn't finish the first game, so I can't really talk to the bridge between the two of them. But I can tell you that I really like that game, and there's a lot to enjoy about it. Um, if you watch the Oxenfree 2 video and you don't know what's happening, go watch a trailer for the first game. Because it gives you a little more insight to what the gameplay looks like and um, and all that. But it's a, it's a beautiful game. It's a very indie game, but... Uh, well, there's no but there. I, I really enjoy it. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, that trailer had some very Stranger Things, X-Files-Z vibes to it. That looks like a, a nice wrinkle yeah. to add to that. It, it's got, it's got like, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's like, uh, it's a game where, at least the first one, you escape with your high school buddies and you're like, oh, let's just go have fun on this island. We're going to sneak away and like drink some beers and hang out on the beach and stuff. Uh, but then there are like some eldritch things that like slowly drip themselves into the story. <laughs> and it just slowly gets more and more off the rails as whatever this eldritch thing is, this spooky, creepy old God Lovecraftian thing as it creeps its way into the story. And suddenly it's like, Whoa, things went from like pretty playful and totally okay to like very, very unsettling. Uh, in a way that I thought nice. I thought was really uh, impactful. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, my uh, my first pick from the presentation was uh, Aerial Knights Never Yield. Uh, this is a, a game, uh, obviously by Aerial Knight. That's what you'll find him as uh, on Twitter. Uh, he is a solo developer. That uh, let me just just go into here as his own website says. Um, this project began as just a passion project. I started on my own to create something familiar but new for this generation of gamers while highlighting aspects of a culture that is often overlooked. Uh, he said, uh, I went from developing this game on my own from all of the art to the game design to the VFX, marketing, and cutting the trailer to recently landing a publisher to help me finish the game. Wow. And it, it's coming out on like all systems and uh, what er what... Uh, Never Yield is um, is technically a 3D side scroller, but it's the gameplay is close to a an endless runner. Um, but add in the the parkour of a Mirror's Edge, or uh, even kind of uh, gave me flashbacks, kind of to my friend Pedro, uh, a little bit. Um, the graphics are just this this nice uh, Afro punk, uh, beautiful, somewhat futuristic. Uh, not dystopian, but definitely uh, a sci-fi feel to it. Uh, very, very stylized, gorgeous game. You would not believe that one person created it. Um, I've been looking forward to it since I, I saw it on a uh, on a Twitch stream that was that was boosting uh, Black Presentation in games, and it's it's coming out May nineteenth. Looks like a great time. It's a fifteen dollar game probably in the five or six hour range uh it's something that looks pretty pretty easy to get into um and of course helping out a solo developer uh get their get their message out uh especially somebody that's that's put in the effort as as he did uh i'm really looking forward to it and and just on the day of the presentation uh on his twitter he said uh Remember this game was made by someone that the games industry rejected time and time again and never gave me a real opportunity. Um, 
his his whole thing is about his perseverance in the industry uh and you know if if we can signal boost that uh i'm i'm down for that yeah definitely buying that day one so let's see i've next i've got uh the longing so full transparency i have more research to do about the longing uh because this seems like an intentionally unclear game because it seems like the game itself has a totally unclear objective which is the point of the game so the longing is made by studio sifs maybe we agreed on that being how you say that um i apologize it's s-u-e-f-z they are from somewhere that i'm gonna say in a second germany, germany that's right Strasbourg. Strasbourg, yeah. that's right. Uh, so they made The Longing. The Longing is a game, it's a, described as an idle game where you play for, or play or idle for 400 real life days. And your character, like even in the trailer, is just kind of wandering around, <laughs> just sort of figuring out what the heck he's doing. And um, it's just really intriguing to me. I mean, it's as confusing as I just made it sound. <laughs> Uh, but it's called The Longing. Um, Reb Valentine, who is a friend of the show, uh, she wrote an article when she was at gamesindustry.biz about it. And I have it bookmarked, but I haven't had a chance to read it. But she said very good things about that when uh, the Indie Showcase was playing the other day. So if she was excited enough about it to write an article and preach that more people should play that game, honestly, that's, a good, that's good enough for me. So I'm going to go find that article. Uh, I will post it. Um, well, I'll reshare it on the party invite socials on Monday when this goes up, but um, I'm excited to see what that game is because it is confusing, but I'm intrigued by the very slow pace of it and the idea of idle games, like an actual idle game and not just like a mobile microtransaction game mm -hmm. really intrigues me. Uh, especially the way I consume games these days, I usually have a screen up playing something that I'm half paying attention to while I'm doing something else. Maybe I'm playing my own game. Maybe I'm uh, doing paperwork. I mean, maybe I'm watching a stream while I'm also playing Wilmot's Warehouse, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the idea of like an idle game like this is very interesting to me. So I want to learn more about it and then probably idle myself away on my computer <laughs> and kind of watch it. Uh, while I'm doing other things. Sounds like a plan. Mm -hmm. uh, next on my list is Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon, uh, which is... Uh, it, everybody found out that it was a throwback uh, after the presentation. It's a sequel to a Famicom game that's almost as old as I am. Uh, it's a 3D side-scrolling action-adventure, very Metroidvania-looking, just... Hardcore, awesome. <laughs> that's that's really the best way to say it. Uh, <laughs> Is that the best way to say it? You're like, look, hardcore, <laughs> awesome. That's it. Yeah. Send it. I, I mean, it's being published by Konami. Uh, oh, they kind of yeah, know how to do one. this. Uh, I remember when I it's... saw the announcement, uh, the internet was like, yeah, that Konami. <laughs> yeah. It's got this amazing Japanese hand-drawn art style that is just out of this world uh stupid gorgeous um it's it says it's got 
uh, 10 stages. So 10 stages, a boss for each stage, the typical uh, hack and slash. Uh, but it's just super cool looking. It looks like a, a mix between uh, side-scrolling Ninja Gaiden and Castlevania. And that hits all the marks that it needs to hit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the actual developer... I. It's something like Guru Games or something like that. Um, there's not a whole lot of information about them, but uh, I think this is actually their first game, and that's why uh, Konami's put in a, a lot of faith uh, into this indie to get this game out, and I cannot wait. It's coming in uh, 2022, but it is going to be on my list until the day it comes out, for sure. I'm, it looks intense. I'm interested, dude. That's funny to me that that's the Cap or the uh, Konami game. Mm-hmm. Um, a sequel to a Famicom game. How about that? <laughs> that's <laughs> wild. Yeah, it's a a real throwback, and it uh, it kind of reminds me of um, what Capcom did with uh, Shin Sakai Into the Depths uh, last year. So, if it's anything similar to that, and it looks like it, it's going to be better than than that was. Oh my god. I'm definitely down. Cool, cool. Uh, well, the next on my list is Road 96, which I kept saying the incorrect name for, which I'm not going to repeat here because I'm not <laughs> going to confuse you guys. Anyway, Road 96 is a... Uh, I thought it was a choose-your-own-adventure game, which technically kind of still is, but apparently it's a procedural game um, made by Omen Presents, like Omen's... Wait, I typed in Omens. I think it's Omen. Let me double check. But it's uh, Omen as in... Okay, it's Omen Presents. As in Omen Gaming, like the PC gaming company. Uh, which I had no idea until I, I started doing some research. It seems like Omen is properly trying to get into the like production of gaming side of the business. Not just producing hardware. Um, so we'll see how they do. Diversifying their portfolio here. But anyway, uh, Road 96 is a game. The trailer showed... It showed this character who's following you, the protagonist, around. And... Basically, what's the tagline for this? It says there's a character that's trying to escape to the border, I believe. Let's see. uh, Summer 1996. Today is the day. You hit the road. Adventure, freedom, escape, run. Flee. Or you could say uh, you flee... This, that, you try to survive. On this risky road trip to the border, you'll meet unusual characters, discover their intertwined stories and secrets in an ever-evolving adventure. But every mile opens up a choice to make. Your decisions will change your adventure, change the people you meet, maybe even change the country's destiny. There are thousands of roads across the authoritarian nation of Petria. Which one will you take? So, this is Road 96, right? It's 1996. And the game presents itself as having a thousand different routes. Who knows what that means if it's procedurally generated? I mean, No Man's Sky had like a million billion planets, but I visited six, you know? (laughs) So who knows? Who knows what that means? It remains to be seen. I don't want to get too blown up on the pitch of this game before I kind of see the reviews. But the idea that they're selling, I like it. I, the idea that it is procedurally generated too, uh, that you'll be going, you will meet characters, make decisions, different things will happen. And then based on what you were telling me, Carlos, it sounds like 
if you make a bad decision, you can get like an ending kind of quick, like where you can just do yeah. something that like a, not, not like, Oh, I failed. Like in the trailer, it shows you like running from the cops or running from some bad guys. Um, it didn't seem like, you know, I'm sure there's an ending that's like, Oh, you didn't escape from them because you messed up the actual gameplay of it. But it, I'm thinking of endings where it's like, Oh, you probably should not have picked a fight with the biggest, scariest person in the room. Kind of. <laughs> um, but if they say there's a thousand routes, you know, it is exciting to think of all the ideas that, you know, like a road trip story can have because you're traveling with like a young kid. And I think the idea is that if you're a young kid on like a road trip, like a wild off the rails adventure like this, you really have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I went on right. road trips as a kid with my family and I was along for the ride. I would, you know, I was <laughs> driving the car so I like this idea of having a young kid be kind of in the steering or, you know, in the driver's seat because who knows what's going to happen. But I'm excited for this. This is the very first trailer I saw out of this entire presentation. And uh, yeah, I, whatever they're selling, I'm buying. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks very high concept, but if they pull it off, it's going to be hella good. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it, the trailer made it seem definitely like uh, you could get into the car basically and like one of the characters might be good, one of the characters might be like this violent enemy type uh, and between playthroughs it's completely different for everybody so uh, like all these procedural games just keep coming and that looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was telling you before uh, in a nutshell, I've been recently playing A Wolf Among Us uh, Shell, who we recently had on the podcast, she is a big fan of The Walking Dead. Uh, I watched our community member Stream Noodles play Henry Stickman, the first game made by the Among Us creators. And that game is all, all you do in that game is pick endings. Like you pick, all right, you're going to walk through this door. Which of these four options do you pick? And each of the four options leads to some like wacky ending. <laughs> but they're games that are like less about the moment to moment gameplay and more about the decisions, choices, and endings that you can create. And I've realized that that is a genre that I am going to make a lot of time for because uh, <laughs> it fits it, it fits right into my time budget, you know, wh what I have allowed myself to do with gaming. And uh, yeah, I think I think you're going to hear a lot more from that kind of genre from me. In the near future next on my list was uh, aztec forgotten gods uh, this is by lienzo the creators of mulaca which was uh, a mexican uh, action platformer uh, that dug into the the rich tapestry of of mexican culture um it it was well reviewed on switch um that's and it that's where it really got a, a good hold uh, and they are basically doing the same thing with Aztec Forgotten Gods, except this is more like a... It looks a lot like an Immortals Phoenix Rising sort of situation, maybe a little bit less story-based. But um, as the description here says, it's the Cyberstone action adventure following Octli, uh, a young woman who battles the colossal Forgotten Gods. To uncover the truth behind her far future Mesoamerican metropolis, she'll have to turn the gods' power against them as she soars through the city with power and grace. 
It's got this really beautiful art style that really brings to mind like the Wakanda vision, but for uh, it's pronounced the... Wanda vision, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of brings the Wakanda feel to Mexico and Lienzo. The developers um, are a, a studio that uh, is located in Chihuahua, Mexico, and they put their traditions and their culture as like the major point of their games they have a message to to tell they have stories uh for a specific culture and they embrace it it just looks super cool uh very uh intriguing as far as the designs of everything it is it is a culture that we don't see a whole lot of we see appropriated in different ways like if you'll look at the uh, i might even pop it into the video here um if you look at the the screenshot on the eShop, it looks like something that you would see in like Godfall or something, mm -hmm. but in the in the two D plane. And uh, these designs are things that that came about because of Aztec art and things like that. It's it's a very intriguing thing to see, um, and representation here is so important. And it's great to see um, just how how games are coming about like this. Uh, like we had, we had an action platformer Raji uh, last year that came out, uh, and now this, along with Mulaka, um, just super cool to see different cultures actually getting representation, um, and it looks like it's actually going to be a hell of a game. Mm -hmm. So very excited, and that comes out uh, in fall of 2021. Did you have another one? Oh, I'm fresh out, fresh okay. out. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, there, I, was... I mean, there's a, there's a cool trailer for uh, the Sub Zero, su the Subnautica, Subnautica, yeah, Arctic, uh, something. Oh my god! I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. What the I, name is I watched uh, Armada QB, uh, Q U J B E. You should go follow her on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> she's been playing a ton of that for a long time. She's been playing the beta, so now uh, the official game is on its way. I think it's out uh, in May. Um. The trailer is very cinematic. Like it doesn't look like the gameplay, but the cinematic is pretty cool, and the gameplay is pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, I I don't have a lot to say about that except go watch the trailer <laughs> and go follow QB. It's uh, Subnautica Below Zero. Below Zero. Yes. So that comes out in a month, and um, the the cool thing about that too is not everybody will know this, but I watched a video over Subnautica the other day, uh, and Apparently, because it's just now coming to Switch, they actually um, kind of... It's it's almost like a remaster. The original game of Subnautica is almost a remaster uh, really? on the Switch version because they were working on Below Zero at the same time while they were porting. So it's it's basically mm -hmm. not even a port of the original Subnautica. So like now is the time if you are a Switch owner and you Subnautica looks like a game you're going to be into... Just get it. It's gonna be worth it. And go ask QB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Subnautic is a game. You you explore the ocean depths. You crash on an alien planet, and you have to go like harvest undersea materials to keep your submarine in tip top shape and expand and grow and all this stuff, and explore spooky depths. And that's a <laughs> game that I will watch because I am very afraid of deep dark water that I can't see through. No, thank you. 
Um, I did have a, a quick one as well. Uh, the House of the Dead remake. This was like the least expected out of all of the announcements in the Indie World Showcase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a lot of people were down for it. Twitter kind of exploded with everything Indie World yesterday. But House of the Dead, if you don't know what House of the Dead is, you are missing out. But it's uh, it's the classic arcade shooter. Um, specifically, House of the Dead came out in 1997. Like, what? Uh, but it's a classic rail shooter before Time Crisis really got going. Um, House of the Dead ruled the world with zombies. Like, I think it was maybe just a couple months after after Resident Evil came out, maybe. that's It was one of the first of the big zombie titles out there. And uh, Forever Entertainment, uh, who also made the Panzer Dragoon remake last year that I freaking love and can't get enough of. Uh, is doing this game so uh, it's going to be very if it's anything like Panzer Dragoon remake was it's going to be stupid faithful to the original gameplay um, but with a nice coat of paint on it so definitely looking forward to that and I'm pretty sure it's it's probably going to be like no more than 25 bucks so mm-hmm. yeah I can't imagine sake, that's that being worth it. more than 25 yeah yeah uh, that looks cool uh that's that's like one of the throwbacks when we go to the local barcade around here. Um, I like playing those rail shooters. They really are a, a fun throwback. Yeah. One of those retro, like hard to recreate co-op experiences. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if, I, if Nintendo brings out a new light gun with that, oh, that's the way. <laughs> Man, that would be cool if they actually did that. That would be wild. I mean, I th- I think maybe it would be good. Who knows? Maybe they've like R and D one for a while, and it's just a huge nightmare. And if they release it, it would just be a meme for like ten years. I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right. So that was our party topic. That was our show for the day. Uh, again, this is party invite. That was Thomas. I am Carlos, and we are half of the team here at Party Invite. And you know, Skelta crew. We, yeah. Right. <laughs> we would just love to see you guys. Uh, on our community that's facebook or discord uh and of course you will find this either on youtube uh in clips or uh on anchor.fm for the full podcast episode uh on audio format yeah so if you want to find all of our links go to linktr that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash party invite and boy, if you went and subscribed to our YouTube, we would love it so much. If we reach 100 subscribers, we can make a custom URL. So it's not youtube.com slash 8678YKRBZ and all this That'd stuff. That'd be sweet. So go for it. And we're halfway there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for showing up and listening and or watching. We'll see you around. Bye. Bye.